it was tempting at the time. And of course, when I, I said something to my husband, you know, he said, well, I'm going down with the ship. So I said, well, I guess I'm going down with you. That was Marianne of Polly G's. And it's your boy, Idrif, and you're listening to the What's Good Dough podcast. Whether it's pizza, business, or life, my guests and I are always talking about ways we can level up. Today, we have an amazing episode with Mrs. G, and she talks about how it's been over the years building this pizzeria with her partner. We talk about the early stages of the pizzeria, how she was involved, how she wasn't involved. We talk about COVID and the crazy stories that they've had there. And we also just talk about what it's like to have a healthy relationship with your partner. So if you're thinking about building a pizzeria, you really want to tune in so that you build the pizzeria of your dreams. This is an amazing episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember to always ask, what's good, Doe? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I have an amazing guest for you today, the one and only Mrs. G. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good, good, good. For anyone who doesn't know Mrs. G, she goes by Marianne, but also Mrs. G. Which one Which one do you get called by in the, in the, out in the nature, in the pizza uh, world? Well, in the pizza world, our employees call me that, which just started from the very beginning. Um, it kind of fit with Paulie G, but... I had also worked in the school system for a number of years, and the kids couldn't pronounce my last name, so they called me Mrs. G. And then when I came into the restaurant and made up, met our first employees, they just started calling me that also. So it just kind of like stuck. And even other people that are maybe as old as I am call me that as well. So it just kind of, you know, it's 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 kind of turned out to be a term of endearment, I think. Good. I didn't want it to be like, I didn't want it to... I didn't want to remove your identity. I know you had a first name. You know what? I'm I'm not concerned about my identity. I (laughs) I have my own identity. I know who I am. And um, it doesn't matter to me if you call me Miss, Ms. or Mrs. You know, I'm I'm still who I am. And Paulie and I have, um, you know, we're on the same page with that. We have very, um, I think, unique identities. But then we also, I think, have an identity as a couple. So, um and I think that's the best part of a relationship that's, you know, thriving and ever growing is that you're encouraging each other to be your best selves, not taking mm. away anything from the other person. Mm. I want to dive deep into all of what you said right there. Uh, but before we get too far into the show, I always mm-hmm. ask this one question to start things off. There is no right or wrong answer. What's good, though? Well, that's a very subjective question, right? It is. Uh, Because there are so many different types of dough. But um, I personally like a dough that's light and uh, flavorful, but not salty. Mm. To me, that's that's a good dough. Talk to me about your background. Um, Because you you weren't in the restaurant industry and you didn't start right when Polly started, right? Well, we, we both never worked in the restaurant business before, you know, we opened the restaurant in 2010 when my husband was already 57. I'm a little bit younger, but not that, that much younger, but we had never worked in that field before. Um, but I feel like we weren't afraid to do that because I think, you know, we were a little bit older and that gives you wisdom, but we also had a lot of life experiences and various careers and jobs. And we had always also, entertained at home. 
we were like sort of known for that. We were the people that always had the huge Christmas party for 50 people. You know, we always had most of our children's events at home. We never really went out or catered food. Paulie would do all the food. I would help. You know, we would serve. And, and we were just very, very comfortable with that model. So we didn't really need to learn hospitality per se because we knew hospitality. What we had to learn was everything about a business. How did you start to learn the business? Well, you know what? You learn by doing. You mm. know, as I always say, um, I, I, I don't, you know, think that it's not worthwhile to have a business degree. But I have met a number of people that have business degrees and they have told me that the way they learned business was to do business. And I think you can sit in a classroom and you can, you know, do all those kinds of syllabuses, syllabi. Um, but until you're actually applying something, that's when you learn it. And that's where the work is. I mean, I, I learned that early on, even in my career. I went for many like software training classes and you'd sit in a classroom and you'd learn this application and everything. But then you'd go back to your office and you were like, I'm not even sure what I just learned right? because it's so overwhelming. But then when you actually sat and applied that to your job, that's how you learn that application. So I always kind of looked at our business the same way. It was really learn by doing, you know, I mean, yeah, we, we gathered a lot of information early on from other people and we sort of have had a little bit of a template of where to start. But um, a lot of it, we just learn hands-on. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I'm at right now when, when it comes to pizza. I've spent all these uh, episodes talking to people and learning from them and trying to figure out what mistakes not to make. And then right. I just did, right. yeah. And then I just did my first, you know, paid catering event the other week, and well, congratulations. I learned a bunch of new stuff. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, but I, I totally agree with that sentiment. It's less, it's like go out there and do it and learn from. Well, those I mean, I think book learning has its place. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure how it fits into the pizza world, um, but you really learn by all the experiences that you have, and also meeting everybody else in the industry who were very forthcoming with, um, you know, their own experiences. You know, to Paulie, and he was very grateful for that. And we we came into it right away feeling like. So many people were generous with their time and information that um, we would also just, in whatever way we could, pay it forward to somebody else that was starting out in whatever business it was, not even necessarily pizza. Okay. So when you, you know, first heard, you know, Polly wanted to mm -hmm. open a restaurant, mm -hmm. what was your thoughts? What was your initial thoughts? Well, um, First of all, I, I know my husband because we've been together forever. Um, and I knew that if he really wanted to do something, he was going to do it. Um, probably if I approved or not. Um, <laughs> so I just felt that, um, yeah, I'm probably kicked and screamed for a little bit initially and he never lets me forget that. Um, but it wasn't that long. Um, and I realized that I had to be on board with it if he was going to succeed. Mm. And. You know, when you're in a relationship, as you probably know, um, there's compromise. And it's not always about you, and it's not always about him, and you sort of have to do what's best for both of you. Um, I guess I realized also when he was in his 50s that um, 
he was really very unhappy with what he was doing with his life. Um, he just wasn't fulfilled by it. It wasn't something that um, he was happy with. You know, like you get into a career and a life and there's things you have to pay bills and, you know, we had kids and everything else and then you sort of feel stifled. But his passion really always had been food and music and being with people. And obviously, you know, we've met you only once, I think, which is amazing. Um, but we're very social people. I mean, we're both, both of the same mindset that way. I mean, we both just love people. And yeah. I don't think you could run our business the way we do, which is, might be a little different than some other people do. Um, if we didn't really put the people first, like mm -hmm. for us, it's a business, but it's, it's really more of a people business mm -hmm. and real business people just don't understand sometimes what we're saying. <laughs> Elaborate a little bit more on that so but that they do understand. Well, it, it works for us. You know, um, we don't ascribe to all the traditional like business policies, you know, obviously we do everything according to city and state regulations and all that stuff. But we really try to work with people like where they're at and, you know, move them forward. I mean, it's not like, you know, like it's, for instance, if somebody wants to be a dishwasher, that's fine. But as I always tell the dishwasher, whatever you're doing in life, just do it the best you can because you're not going to be doing that forever. You know, I mean, like I look back on my life, all the different experiences and jobs I had really brought me to the point that we're at now, because whatever you're doing, there's always an experience there. And if you're smart enough, you can reflect on that and use what you've learned for your next experience. Yeah. And I, I, and even though my husband and I weren't academically trained, I mean, we both went to college at night, but both of us never finished. Um, and you know what? That's okay. I mean, you know, it, it all depends on what field you're in. I mean, we're not, we're not in rocket science. We're not doing brain surgery. So, I mean, those things, obviously you need the academics and the clinicals for, but I feel like so much of life, and I can say this now in hindsight, because I'm a little bit older than you is really life experience. Um, and so I try to stress that with our employees. I mean, I'm very involved really with the, on the employee side. Um, I don't really get involved with developing recipes. That's not my forte. My husband's really the culinary person. Um, I will certainly test things and give my opinion. Um, but I don't get involved with creating that. He's really like the creator. I mean, that's his strength and I have my strengths. And so, you know, we just try to work with each other that way. And hopefully that impacts the business in a positive way. Let's talk a little bit more about your strengths and what you do for your employees. What what are like your day-to-day -day roles in the restaurant, just so I have a little bit of a better understanding? Well, you know, it, it kind of overlaps a little bit more now because, um, you know, in the beginning when we opened the restaurant in 2010, I was still working a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And I did that for eight years, uh, which was tough. <laughs> um, what What was your job? Well, I was actually working for the Catholic Church at the time, and I was um, a coordinator of events and trainings, and, you know, and I did love it. Um, I was in New Jersey. But the main thing was, you know, Paulie was able to do this because I had the health care and the benefits and all that stuff. So he kind of quit his career 
which was really always really more the main career, let's say, um, mm-hmm. so that he could do this. And so, you know, a lot of it was risky, but I think, you know, in life, you have to look at everything. There's pros and cons to everything, you know, and as long as you realize that um, there's nothing perfect. <laughs> and, you know, we've been at this for 12 years and believe me, there's nothing perfect because every yeah. day, you know, there's another story, there, there's something broken or there's an employee issue or, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, if, um, you know, if we're making pizza and people are having a good experience and we're employing people and we're paying taxes and I do a lot with charity stuff, I feel good about that because I feel like that's our mission. It's not necessarily to have everything perfect. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to 12 years ago and when you guys first started, um, do you think that I don't know where Paulie was at because I didn't ask him this question, but do you think that he should have started sooner? Actually, no, I, I really don't. I feel like, you know, everything in life is timing and it, it wasn't the right time before that. I mean, our kids were younger. I, I certainly give people credit that go into this type of industry that have young children because our youngest son was 18 at the time when we first opened. So he was already, you know, through high school and we had seen him, we had done all the sporting events and, you know, my husband was a coach and I was involved with things in school. Like, so we, we had a very full life. I mean, we did all that. And it was sort of like when we opened then, you know, of course you always worry about your kids and stuff, but they were older. And so that's kind of different. I, I applaud some of our, um, people that, you know, work in this industry that have young children, because it really isn't that easy unless you do have some help and you have, you know, maybe family around. Um, You know, we didn't have that. So uh, when our kids were younger, our parents have all been gone for so many years, you know, we were pretty much on our own, you know. Uh, But in any event, it's it's not an easy industry, I think. I mean, I wouldn't discourage people from doing it if you have a passion for it. But yeah. I would say, you know, you have to figure out the logistics of all that because there's yeah. a lot of moving parts, you know. The logistics are hard. I mean, as I was considering this with my wife, like I really do love making food. I I think I worked 40 hours the week of my catering event in addition to the 40 hours I worked um, for my regular day job. And I just had all of this energy and, but then, you know, what you said about having to balance that family life, you know, we're expecting a daughter and, um, it's not optimal to, you know, miss out on those key moments, but you know, that's kind of what it calls for when you work at a restaurant. Well, the only thing I could say to that is as long as you have the support of whatever partner you're with, um, if you are with someone, um, because, you know, I think my husband always knew going into this, it wasn't, you know, I don't know that we thought it was going to be difficult. I don't know what we thought because we had never been in the business before. I had no mm. idea what we thought, but <laughs> I think of that now, but I knew, you know, we had enough experience at that point, you know, in business working and different careers, um, and in life experience that I knew whatever we did, it would be okay. You know, I just, we went into that and it was never that 
he never, it never crossed our mind that we were going to fail. It just never crossed our mind. Now, did we think it was going to be what it is today? No, absolutely not. I mean, we still are look, looking at each other like, really? We're just two kids from Brooklyn. You know, we grew up with nothing. And, you know, I mean, his parents didn't even own a home. They never even drove, you know. His sister, the same thing. You know, they were just your average blue-collar workers. And my parents, too. Um, nobody gave us anything. We didn't have a trust fund. We didn't have money to go to college. You know, it was a different time. Um but that's okay. I mean, you work with what you have. If you really have a passion for something, I mean, I would definitely encourage people to go for that passion. But sometimes you have to put things on hold for a while until it's like the right timing, you know? And I think in our case, it was like the right timing, you know? And my husband was in his fifties when he started talking about it. And, um, you know, I knew that you know, we had to do something different. You know, I just kind of knew that because I felt like we weren't getting where we wanted to be in a sense with what <laughs> we were doing, you know. <laughs> and when you're your own boss, I mean, obviously it's very challenging, but you're the one that makes the rules. So, <laughs> you know, if we want to close on Thanksgiving, that's when we close. We don't ask anybody. We don't have any partners. And that was one thing that I think when I look back on it now, that was very smart of my husband. He did not want partners because he didn't want anybody that he had to be accountable to to ask every little thing to. Yes, we had some investors, which were family and friends. And honestly, they have been amazing. They have never questioned us. They have never, you know, they just went into it to help us out to get started. Um and they've been nothing but loyal and amazing, and I can't thank them enough. And believe me, they've been paid back many times over and very early on in the business, like very early on. We had paid everybody off within two years. Wow. Um, and that was my husband's goal. You know, it was just like, let's get this done with. We don't want to have any debt on the business. We don't, you know, and we don't. We don't have any debt on our businesses. Um. But, you know, it worked for us. I mean, everybody has different ways of doing things. I mean, I guess we just, you know, we're more the type that, you know, we don't analyze everything. Like we do a lot on instinct, you know, and what feels right and feels good. And we just keep moving with that. You know, obviously, we have to run a business. We have to pay bills. We have to pay, t pay taxes. We have to take care of our employees, you know, meet our payroll all the time. But it all works out in the end. I feel this is just my belief. If you have the right intent, like we've always, I felt like had the right intent. Now, does everybody agree with what we do or say? Probably not, but mm -hmm. that's, that's life. Not everybody will. <laughs> well, and not everyone will get the same result, even if they believe, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I count myself very fortunate and I am very grateful. And I think that that is part of it as well. I mean, I feel like we have um, a very different life philosophy than a lot of people. And I, and I feel like we always sort of have, you know, we're very... Uh, very, you know, touchy feely kind of people. We love being with people. And, you know, if anybody needs help with anything, you know, like Paulie doesn't care. He'll sit down with anybody, you know, 
if you want advice, because he felt like people did that with him in the beginning. And, you know, we don't want a dollar for anything. You know, that's what it's all about. If everybody could just get in sort of that mindset, you know, like we're all in this together. Welcome to the What's Good Dough podcast and get ready to level up. But before we continue with the show, I want to introduce you to my two show sponsors, Uni Pizza Ovens and Cordo Olive Oil. Let's start with Uni. They are the number one pizza oven company in the world with the best community there is. Because of their ovens, I have made some of the most amazing pizzas. From round pies to squares, I'm able to get to temperatures of up to 900 degrees, allowing me to cook the pizzas of my dreams. If you're looking to grow your pizza business, buying an uni makes sense. My past guest Ryan of Sanctuary Pizza has a mobile catering company powered by uni. These powerful ovens are efficient, lightweight, and can be used almost anywhere. Whether you take pizza seriously like me or want to run a pizza operation like Ryan, Uni is the choice for you. Use the link in the show notes and join the Uni community. My second show sponsor is Cordo Olive Oil. At first, I didn't believe that olive oil mattered. It wasn't until I got educated and learned about the difference between commodity oil and Cordo's fresh squeezed olive oil that I ditched the supermarket stuff. Today, I only use Cordo olive oil when it comes to making my dough and even doing a post-baked drizzle. Mm. I have even made some amazing pesto with it. Oh my goodness. Cordo's high-quality olive oil does really elevate anything it touches. My buddy Chris, who runs a slice of New Jersey, just switched over to Cordo. Not only is he getting quality, but he ended up saving money by switching over too. If you're still unsure of the difference, pizza operators can sign up for a free olive oil tasting. Use the link in the show notes to learn more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my show sponsors and supporting this show. And I think that is more important than ever, especially with the scarcity of employees nowadays. What are some of the things that you're implementing or doing at the workplace to make people feel like they're appreciated and welcomed and, and benefiting from the job other than external benefits like pay and benefits? Well, you know, I, I always started from the beginning at 60. I don't really do it at the slice shop because we have a general manager there, but I go over there too. Um, you know, for, for people's birthdays, I always give them a card and something. Um, you know, if somebody leaves, we usually have something no matter where they're going to, to just to send them off. Um, and just really checking in with people, you know, to see how they're doing, you know, like, most of our employees, I know their stories. I know, you know, who's taking care of their mom and who's taking care of their, their kids. And, um, you know, whatever I could do in whatever capacity to help, I try. I mean, that's sort of my role. And I, I do believe that's why we've been fortunate enough to keep employees because we care about them. We really do. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not lip service. You know, we really do. And I know Paulie does too. I mean, he gets more frustrated with people than I do. But I think that, you know, I sort of come in and I'm the great equalizer, you know. Um, and I, and I think that in, in a way, and I'm sure he'll admit it also, um, he's been able to do so much because he's always had me in his court. I mean, you know, I have done a lot on the back ends of this business to keep it going. And, I think that that has really helped, you know, I think when you buy yourself and I see that with my son right now, because he's running our slice shop in Philly, 
um, it's much more challenging. What are some of the ways that you supported? I mean, I'd love to hear some of those stories. You mean in the business or personally? (laughs) Both. (laughs) Give me everything you got. (laughs) Well, basically in the beginning, I mean, I was still working full time, uh, but I was also helping out with a lot of the administrative stuff in the business. And even though we were in New Jersey, I was still coming into Brooklyn, you know, a couple of nights a week. And sometimes I would drive after work and, you know, in rush hour traffic, um, even though it's only 40 miles, it could take an hour and a half. Um, so we did a lot of, th- I did a lot of things like that. When I look back on it, I was like, wow, did we really do all that? You know, like sometimes I would shop at my lunch hour and bring stuff back to my building and put it in the refrigerator and then bring it here after work. I mean, I wow. did a lot of stuff. and But you know what? When it's your business, and I tell people this, you're not working for somebody else. You're working for yourself. Um, if you don't do it or you don't attend to it, who's going to attend to it? Right. And like in the beginning, we didn't have a lot of money, so it wasn't like we were getting everything delivered. You know, Paulie <laughs> went to Restaurant Depot twice a week. He went to the local produce market and shopped Tuesdays and Fridays. He would shop most of the day and then drive everything into Brooklyn. I mean, we when I look back on it, like we really did a lot. Um, so, but again, nothing comes without hard work. <laughs> you know, People can yeah. walk into our restaurant and look at it, and it's beautiful, and we have a great design. We're very fortunate with the brothers that we met that designed our place. They just had a great vision, and they were amazing. But the bottom line is, you know, there was a lot that went, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just what you see on the outside. There's so many pieces to it that have to yeah. keep, keep going. Um, and I wouldn't say it's for everybody. I definitely would not say that. <laughs> it is it is not for everything, everybody. You would have to be something that you really, really want, and you have to be willing to take some risks. And, you know, mm. I guess we did take a lot of risks when I look back on it. Yeah. I know Polly, you know, really wanted it too. Um, what were your intentions? Like, what was your want? Did you just want your husband to be happy? Did you want a business yourself? Did you envision yourself working here? What were your thoughts? Well, no, I didn't envision that at all because I didn't have a real major role in the beginning because I was also working a full-time job. So (laughs) um, if he would ask me for something, I could at least say at that point, you know, I'm working tomorrow, so I can't do X, Y, (laughs) Z. But now... (laughs) Since I'm sort of, I guess, semi-retired, I quit my my real job like just four years ago when we were ready Congrats. to open the slice shop. Uh, we were waiting for the slice shop to open almost three years, and I was uh, uh, the New York one. Yes, and I okay. was, um, you know, waiting to quit my full-time job, and so it was, you know, it was tough. I mean, it was tough. I mean, um. But I knew that, you know, we were doing well and it was just a matter of time before I was going to be able to do that. And, you know, you, I just had to hang in there. But sometimes you just have that patience, you know, you can't have everything like that minute. You know, I was thinking long term. I wasn't thinking short term. 
And so I knew once the slice shop opened um, that we would be in a better place and that I could quit my job. I, I kind of knew, I didn't know how well we would do, but I knew that if we did okay, then I could be involved with more charitable works. And that was really my mission for going into it. Because once I didn't have my full-time job, then I could attend to more of the things that I love to do. And the bottom line is, though, then the pandemic happened, <laughs> you know? And mm -hmm. so that really pulled me almost full-time into the business, I would say. Because wow. I, had to, I had to really pick up a lot because we closed at 60 Greenpoint two times and reopened two times. And we were closed about six months out of the year in 2020. And it was challenging. I mean, I thought that, you know, it was hard enough to open a business and operate a business. <laughs> and then to be in New York City during this time and then try to bring our business back. Um, you know, I mean, I, we had doubts, I'm sure everybody did. Um, it was, it was challenging. I mean, I really learned that year what I was made of, mm. you know, and tell me more. And, and I feel like I thought I knew that before, <laughs> but I really learned that then. And, but the, the main thing I just kept saying to my husband was we're okay. You know, mm -hmm. as long as we're not sick and we're healthy, you know, we'll figure it out. And I don't know how many times I said that that year, but that got me through. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, I, I think we'll be okay. I think uh, we admitted talking about the pandemic in the podcast I did with Polly, but maybe give us a little bit more insight as to what was happening during that time, because um, I have I, I remember Polly talking about it in a different show, but maybe you can enlighten me and remind me. Well, I mean, the bottom line was obviously, you know, New York City was sort of an epicenter. It was really very bad here and everything was shut down. All restaurants were shut down. I mean, we weren't even allowed to have outdoor dining here until oh. July. So that was March to July. We were completely closed. Luckily, we had a slice shop in operation. And that really saved us because we closed everything indoor there and we had takeout and delivery. We opened up a, a window just for takeout, which we didn't have before. So we <laughs> pivoted, as we say, and that was the word Paul and I couldn't stand anymore. Um, <laughs> but really that business saved us because, I, you know, I look back on the last few years and I say, I'm not sure if we didn't have that, if we would still be in business. Wow. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really not sure because if you shut down totally and, you know, you have nothing to offer, um, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah, we did get some PPP money, but that was much later on. I mean, that wasn't something that happened right away. That was something you had to apply for. It was a real process. Um, and that also helped in the long run. Uh, but it was challenging. It was, it was just very challenging. And so what I tried to do that, that there was so much uncertainty and we were home a lot was to just build myself up physically and mentally. Now I used that time to do that. 
I know a lot of other people use the time to eat and drink like crazy. But I mean, Paulie also cooked a lot, which was great. We hadn't had that many meals together in, in a number of years. So that, that was, there was some wonderful things from it. But the bottom line is I use that time to just try to build myself up in every way that I could because I knew that I had to mentally be prepared because if I was going to fall apart and lose it, he wasn't going to make it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you know, when you're in a relationship, you know, it's if you're both down in the bottom, you're not going to make it. There's yeah. usually one or the other that's pulling the pers- other person up. And if you're in a right. strong relationship, you know those moments. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, yeah. we had been together a very long time. So I had to, I, you know, I couldn't get hysterical. I mean, there were days I really wanted to be hysterical, but I, I just couldn't. I mean, um, you know, in private, I could do whatever I wanted, but I didn't let, need to let other people know that. And it was rough. I mean, it was very rough on me. And, you know, to put everything in your life, like that we did for 10 years, you know, we put everything into it. Um, and then to just turn around and it's completely shut down. And even just to walk in there and there was nothing going on. I mean, it was very hard for him. I know it was very hard for him. It was very hard for me also. Um, and then just not to be seeing the people, like everybody dispersed. You know, we were told like on that Monday, um, you know, you have to close at eight o'clock. We thought we were going to be allowed to be open that night. So employees didn't even get to say goodbye to each other. It was just, it was just really, I had to go in the next day and throw food out. I didn't have anybody that could go in there. I had to do that. So it was, it was challenging. But you know, every day I got up, I, I, I did yoga or I did exercise. I, I, I'm very spiritual. I, I read readings every morning. I mean, I have like a routine for myself and, but I, really ramped it up like during the pandemic. I, I just had to because we couldn't lose what we had worked so hard for. I mean, I had a few people really sort of insinuate to me, like, why don't you just like pack it in now? You know, and, and, you know, it was tempting. <laughs> I tell you, it was, it was tempting at the time. And of course, when I, I said something to my husband, you know, he said, well, I'm going down with the ship. So I said, well, I guess I'm going down with you. I mean, you know, what am <laughs> I going to do? I mean, we've been together. I, you know, like I knew he wasn't going to, you know, like not try. But after the second time of reopening, because we closed twice and had to rehire twice, um, you know, it was a rough time because it was the winter and people weren't still coming inside. You know, people were very afraid. Even though we were doing all the protocols the city asked us to do, we always did everything. We had plexiglass and we just did everything. Um, I mean, there were nights that we would be open and we weren't even making enough money for salary that night, you know, but it was okay, you know, because I just said, we can't close again. I said to him, we, we can't because I can't do it again. I, w- I was finally at that point. I said, I just don't think I have it in me. I can't, I can't go through this again. And so whatever it was, we stayed open those months, even though we weren't getting a lot of people um, and it was very slow and it was very quiet um, to just stay open, to be a presence. And I feel like people also in the community were looking to us <laughs> in a sense. Like I felt like if we didn't do it, 
who was going to do it? <laughs> I mean, because right. every, everybody that knows us knows that we're really like headstrong and we have a lot of perseverance. Um, so, you know, I'm glad that we did. And, and during that time, what also kept me going was the fact that we did do a lot for the healthcare workers in New York. We did do a lot. I'm very proud of that. And that really got me out of bed every day because I had people calling me. How can we help? You know, because they would buy the pizzas from us and we would send it to a hospital. Sometimes we just gave it on our own anyway. If somebody requested it, we didn't have a sponsor. Um, I was always in awe of, the, of people that called me, friends of mine, their kids called me and said, how can we help you? I mean, other people you didn't hear a word from, but I was always, you know, in awe of that, that they thought of somebody else beside themselves at that point. How can we help? Can we do anything for the healthcare workers? I and mean, we even had a man, uh, a nurse who drove up from Georgia and he ended up staying in our apartment that was vacant at the time through so the middle of the night. He was an intensive care nurse to help out in New York. So I was just so in awe of the healthcare people and what they do and how underappreciated they are because it is really rough. And so we did do a lot of that. And I really felt good about that. And that really kept me going. I mean, it just, I had like a purpose, like to get up every day and to help somebody else and to get out of my own head and my own pity party. Because that's what I say to people. You have to get out of your own head. You have to get out of your own head. It's critical, you know, because if you stay there too long, it's not a good place, (laughs) you know. But if you're helping somebody else and you feel like somebody's benefiting maybe from the pain that you're going through, like I felt like in the end, it was probably all worth it. It was okay. That's just the way I think. That was probably one of the best stories I've heard all year. Oh, Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. I'm happy to share. (laughs) Hey, hey, Pizza Pal. I just want to say thank you for listening to the show so far. And thank you for making it all the way here. Before we get on to the end of the show, I want to remind you all to please leave a rating on the podcast. You could do it right now. Uh, Just go ahead and click five stars if you're listening on Spotify or Apple. It will greatly help the show. I appreciate you so much. And if you're looking to buy an uni or a second uni, the affiliate link helps the show so, so much. So please use that anytime you're considering a new oven. All right. Enjoy the rest of the show. Where are you putting your attention today? <laughs> uh, today. Well, I'm actually, I'm going to the gym this afternoon. Uh, and then I'll be at the restaurant for a while. Um, I have some employee things to do. And, you know, I check on the place and I don't really have like a specific role there. I don't host. I don't, I'm not in the kitchen. Um, I sort of oversee things, make sure everything's running. Okay. Um, as my mother-in-law used to say, rest her soul, I should have been an efficiency expert. She always said that to me, <laughs> uh, because I like things to run smoothly and I'm always looking at processes and, you know, whatever, making suggestions. And, um, I do a lot of that. I mean, Recently, I'm helping a lot with my son in Philly because he opened the shop there. So I've been trying to get down there a couple of times a month just to see how things are going and all. Um, so like I have plenty to do. I mean, it's not, and then I also have two grandchildren now. So I help babysit them. Uh, so I keep very busy. So what I'm saying to you is I don't really have a lot of time for all those other things, but I feel like 
it's important to fill up your time with things that matter and that things are important. I'm not saying don't, you know, watch TV, but I'm just saying, you know, you can spend your time. There's so many people out there that need help in so many different ways. And I feel like we probably do about 10% humans in general of what we're really capable of. I don't think we really know what we're capable of sometimes. But, and it doesn't have to be anything grandiose. I mean, I don't feel like I do anything great. I mean, you know, I'm just being me and I'm just trying to, you know, pay things forward. And I, I just never forget, and I think that's important too, you know, never forget where you came from and how you started. I never forget that. You know, I mean, yeah, we, we've had, you know, a lot of accomplishments and write-ups and presses and, and, and that's all great. That's fine. But we, we don't really get very involved with that. You know, it's like everything in life is fleeting, you know, like everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame. You know, it's what comes after that 15 minutes that's important. Everybody's striving for that today, you know, wants to be an Instagram star and a TikTok this and all that. But what happens after that? You know, what are you doing with that? Where is that going? I mean, that that's where what the message should be. Beautiful. Is there one mistake in pizza, business, or life uh, that people should avoid? And And if it's just what you said, we can leave it at that. Uh... I don't know. In, in business, I think the main thing is, and I've had people talk to me about, you know, introducing this, that, and the other thing. And I always say, just start with something small. Like you can't do everything immediately. I forget. I just had this conversation with somebody. I don't know who it was. And they had all these ideas about whatever. And I said, well, just start with one thing and then, you know, build on that. And I feel like that's how we kind of started also, you know, we didn't come out of the gate saying, you know, we were going to do like everything like phenomenal or whatever, but we started kind of slowly, you know, we didn't have as many pies on the menu in the beginning. You know, we didn't have a full bar in the beginning, you know, like all these different things, you can add things on. You don't want to take them away if you start them. So the idea is to start slowly, but keep moving progressively forward. Love it. Marianne, this is G. You have been very gracious with your ah, time. Yes, sweet. <laughs> and your life knowledge. Thank you for sharing all of it. No problem. I want to ask you this final question. Uh -oh. <laughs> uh -oh. The hardest one. Uh -oh. <laughs> what do you want to leave the audience with today? Well, I, I, what I would like to say is um, I think that we can all just do more. I, I don't think we realize what we're really capable of. And I think that you shouldn't limit yourself. And I say this to people all the time, limit yourself by what you think you know or you've studied because you can learn it and you can do it, you know, if you have the passion for it. I think sometimes we limit ourselves by what we think we already have accomplished or what we went to school for or what we know. But there's always a way to get something done if you really, the, the bottom line is you really have to want to do it. That's, that's the key because <laughs> some people will say things that they really, you really have to want to do it. And you have to have, if you have a partner, like we were talking about, I think you sort of, 
what's important is to have the buy-in of that person. You know, because they have to be willing to walk the journey with you. You know, but if you care enough about that other person, um, you know, you want that. If, if they're fulfilled, then you will be fulfilled in whatever you plan to do. And that's the way I've seen it work with us. You know, I, I've just seen that like as a couple. I mean, I have a lot of life experience. People ask me that all the time. You know, how you've been married so long. I mean, we've been together 46 years. We're married 43 years. But we've never really tried to dictate to each other, you know, what we can and can't do. We just always encouraged each other to pursue things that would make us happy or fulfilled. I don't know how I got into relationship advice. (laughs) Well, I think you've been dropping dimes left and right uh, throughout this conversation, but that really just put the cherry on top. This podcast is probably going to be called The Keys to a Beautiful Life, Pizza, and Marriage by, as told by Mary Angie. Oh, that's very sweet. Will this be coming out soon or you don't know? Uh, probably give me a couple of months. I have a few, oh, okay. no uh, a good amount of episodes, uh, but I can't wait to release it and share it out to the world. All right. Great to see you. Great to see you. And thank you very much for being on the have show. Have a wonderful day.